In today's Champions Uncovered podcast, you'll hear me interviewing Lawrence Britton. In this interview, you will hear the greatest battle that Lawrence ever had to fight and overcome, as well as his journey at the Rio 2016 Games. We have Lawrence Britton in. He won silver in the Coxless Rowing Men's Double with Sean Keeling. And your brother, Matt Britton, is the London 2012 lightweight men's four gold medalist. For those listening to this interview and who know the bare minimum about rowing, let's get into more detail about the sport itself. There are two types of boat classes in world rowing, skull and sweep boats. Within those classes, rowers can compete from an individual right up to eight rowers in a boat. Tell us the boats that South African rowers choose to compete in. Yeah, so uh, rowing is, is a bit complicated, but it's it's the same as athletics, with just lots of different events to compete in. So the sculling is every person has two oars, and the sweep is about every person having one oar in the boat. And then, uh, yeah, so then from the single up to the eights, where that's just an amount of people in the boat. And then me and Sean competed in the pair. And then the other heavyweights were in the four. And we have two lightweight crews with the lightweight girls double and lightweight men's double. And they each have two oars. So four oars in the boat. And then the other girls crew was a heavy pair. So the same as us. Tell me also when you say you and Sean paired up, do you guys choose your teammates? How does that work? No, the coach chooses the crew. We train as a squad. The whole team trains together all the time. And then the coach puts the crew together and he'll choose the, the, the fastest people to put in the pair. And then, uh, and that's how it goes. So okay. we don't get to choose much. <laughs> okay, great. Let's relate it back to athletics, maybe. So it's the fastest one and two basically will go into a boat, and the fastest three and four would go into a boat if you were doing a doubles. Yeah. So depending on on what they their focus is and where they think they can get the results, that's how they choose which boat to focus on. And then from there, they'll use the amount of athletes they have. So this time we had six athletes, or we actually had eight athletes, and and so then they chose a pair first, then the four. And then, uh, yeah, so it's the competition and the team is very strong and that's how we drive the, the, the performance up. Okay, excellent. And then we're not going to talk too much about Matt. I'm just asking because he did win gold for us in London and there is a bit of a rowing influence in the family. Did Matt influence you to get into rowing or did you just go into rowing by yourself? No, definitely. I think I started rowing because Matt was, was rowing already and he was having so much fun. And yeah, I mean, he's such a role model and... He just gave me so much belief. I think when when I watched him, because I was at London, when I watched him win the gold, then it was amazing to to see him him win the gold, and, and it just gave me so much belief that like, okay, well, I can see what he's doing, and if I do the same, then I can get the same results. In 2014, you were about 24 years old. You found out that you had Hodgkin's disease, which is a form of lymph node cancer. What made you realize that you weren't really your normal self? I'd uh, struggled the whole year. After we got diagnosed, the doctor said I had it for two years. So that whole build-up area when I was sick and I didn't know it was, was really tough. My performance wasn't, wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I was uh, just constantly fighting to, to make, make really small improvements. And then I would have a bad week and I would be, be go get, lo- get lower. And then I would have a chat to the coach and be like, why are we not performing? And they would talk about training better, training smarter. And then just never, never coming together, and just and always just slipping back. I mean, I was dropped from the top boats. So I raced with Sean in 2013, then 2014 I was dropped, and then only at the beginning of the 2015 season in October. Then that's when that's when we we found out. It sounds like if you weren't training, you wouldn't have known. Is that so, or did you notice in your everyday life there was also differences? Yeah, so I mean, it was it was a really tricky diagnosis because the biggest symptom was fatigue. As an athlete, you you just constantly tired from from the training. It's sort of your job to be tired. So 
it was it was a really tricky one because every time you you think that you're tired because there's something wrong is is not really good for your mental state as an athlete. You want to be pushing on all the time and and be strong all the time. So were you trying to rectify it by eating better, eating just healthier to try and get your energy levels up? Yeah, there was. I was doing everything I could. I think uh, towards that end, towards the World Champs in August 2014, I was literally doing everything I could to just find some improvement. So eating better, sleeping better, recovering better, training better. So making sure we didn't we didn't push too hard on the the sessions that didn't matter that much, and and really putting the hammer down on the sessions that did. And so that's why it was so tricky. I think because I would have good weeks and then bad weeks, and and it wasn't ever like that consistent, and and it would never go away completely. But it would never it never like was was really bad enough to say, okay, well, no, we need to we need to have a serious look because there's something really wrong. So you think you'd improve, and then you're just plateau, and then improve, and then go pro- degress, I guess. Yeah, and then and then also my mom because she's our team doctor. She she was looking at all sorts of things. So at one point we thought maybe it's Bohazia because we we rowing on the water the whole time, and then we we treat for something and I would get better and we think okay maybe we got something and then we'd be back at square one again. So I think it it took a long time and and I think it was a really really tricky tricky time and a tricky place to be in. Initially, it must have been quite a shock to hear that type of diagnosis. I mean, when you're in your early 20s, the last thing you worry about or the last thing that you think about is disease. You always think that comes later on in old age. What did you say to yourself at that point? Yeah, so it was such a shock, I think. You know, you you, you would go from, I literally went from one week I was training to the next week I was starting chemo. So it was just my whole world just completely changed. And yeah, I mean, I think the mental strength is is massive. From firstly from sports into and into that, I, I just completely put the rowing on the back seat, and I was like, okay, well, let's let's make sure we get healthy. Let's not let's not try to juggle two balls at once. Let's 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 nail this thing. And I really I really put the effort into getting better. I listened to the doctors. I, I try to do just the same as I just was in the rowing, trying to do everything to get faster. I was trying to do everything to get better. So you would say you implemented the the characteristics that you'd use in sport training into getting healthier. Yes, definitely. I think uh, that I mean that whole that whole mental mental area that you use in sport. It's always positive. It's it's always it's always you know fighting on and pushing on no matter where you are. And I think you can definitely use that in in finding any anything else in your in your life, and especially something like cancer. What would you say your support from your family was like? Surely that's it's tough. It's tough to hear that a sibling, it's a, a son, it's a grandson. How did they cope, and how did they? acts around you also because obviously you don't want to be treated like a sick child oh my family was amazing i think uh, i think it was such a shock for everyone especially my parents they they're both doctors they're dealing with cancer all the time and then to to have your your own child get diagnosed is i think was really tough for them but they were amazing i think the the whole family my girlfriend even the team was just always there to support i mean i didn't do a single chemo session by myself there, there was always someone there with me and I think it's just special. And I think when when I was struggling, they they were pushing me on. And and when when maybe then where they was they were struggling, then I could help them and and say no, actually it's going to be fine. This podcast was produced, edited, and hosted by Podcast Champions. Lawrence, just before we went into the break, we were talking about the fact that you were in well, you had. Hodgkin's disease, a form of lymph node cancer. You're talking about your journey, but the good news is that you're now in remission. How long has that been? Well, it's uh, been 19 months now since uh, since I finished my chemo, and yeah, it's crazy. I think I, I raced 18 months after the after chemo. Yeah, that's wonderful. Great news to celebrate. Let's talk about Rio. Leading up into the games, what were your expectations about Rio? 
Uh, we we went to to Rio in November last year just to look at the course and, and get a feel for it, so we could we could understand what we were heading into. We knew it was an amazing place, and the city has such a vibe, and and it was really really cool. The media was making quite a big fuss about a lot of things, so yeah, I mean, Team South Africa was was hardcore. We 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 got on with our things. We we made sure we we were there for the job. We were there for to win the medals, and and we really put the focus into that. Nothing was going to stop us. As South Africans, we tend to be a lot more resilient and we just get on with things, don't we? Yeah, South Africans are tough, man. We we, we rocked it. And yeah, the other countries were making fuss about everything, about the, the crime, about the, the, the condition of the buildings. I mean, we moved in there. It was a brand new building. It was perfect for us. There were, there were a few teething problems, but there was nothing major and we, we got on with it. It was quite special to see some of the posts of the athletes in Rio that had their flags hanging out of their windows outside the buildings. That must be quite special in the village. Yeah, it actually is one of the most amazing things. Cause all the countries are obviously in these buildings that surround each other. They all look look at each other. And as the games got on, more and more countries arrived. They just kitted their levels of the building out with all their flags. So really spectacular sight and, and just such a vibe. And race conditions, were they somewhat tougher than in other countries that you've raced in? Because I know one of the days were actually cancelled. Yeah, so rowing is ideal to, to be raced in, in flats or slight tailwind conditions. So that's where we, we have the best racing. But we as we, as I said, we were in Rio in, in November. We knew it was going to be windy, so so we had prepared. And I mean, if you didn't prepare for the for the wind for Rio, then then you weren't prepared for Rio. So we were, we were ready to go and, and we knew it was coming and it was we, we, yeah, we made it work. Your heat leading into the final, would you say that you and Sean were pretty confident? What were your feelings going into into that heat? Uh, we, we knew it was going to be a really close race. We, we'd had such close races through the through the season and we were but we were confident that we we knew we had a bit more in the tank from the heat and the semi. I mean, the, 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 the point of the semi is to get to the final. So all we had to do is come top three. And the, the Brits had had a massive push on us and, and really sprinted for the line when we only needed to come top three. So we didn't need to, to lay all our cards on the table so, so early on in the regatta. And yeah, so we held them a bit close to the chest and, and laid them down for the final. The day of the final. I'm sure you had a, a recent memory of your recent experience at the World Cup in Lucerne in April. You and Sean were narrowly edged out of the podium. And I'm sure you didn't want that to happen again in Rio. Talk us through the race. What were you saying to, to Sean or what was Sean saying to you throughout the race of the final? Yeah, so in, uh, in Lucerne, we, we had lost by 0.2. So there was 0.2 of a second between second, third and fourth. And we had come fourth. And that was a really bitter pill to swallow too. Especially, you know, you at rowing, you finish. And if you're on the podium, you, you go to the podium in front of the grandstand. And if you're not on the podium, you have to row past and row to the back and, and get off the water there. So that was, that was really bitter. So coming into the, into the last 400 meters, we, we were going to lay it out. And uh, I called to Sean and we had called it a lot in training because every time training got really hard or really intense, I called, called point two never again. And that would always like just push us on that that little bit extra because you know all you needed is point two so that always pushed us on and then when I called it in the race the the big watts flowed and and I mean me and Sean we were really strong at that point of the race and nothing was going to come back. Lawrence Britton recently represented Team South Africa at the Tokyo 2020 Games now in 2021 and since then he has his own podcast called The Row Show. He hosts this podcast with Jake Milton and they cover everything rowing. You can follow them on Instagram at RowShowSA. Before you head out, please do rate Champions Uncovered podcasts and also subscribe so that you can be notified for future Champions Uncovered podcasts.